This is Monday Mindset with Isha Warriors, episode 84, Suicide Prevention Tips Everyone Should Know. Aloha. My name is Ali Lothane. I've been empowering and inspiring others through yoga for over 15 years, specializing in yoga for teens. If you are ready to live life to the fullest and love it along the way, let's enjoy the journey together. Namaste to my friends in India. Hello, everyone else. Thank you for joining me today for an episode that could literally save a life. I will be sharing these tips from the perspective of a parent who might be concerned about a child, but everything I share today can be modified. It can be applied in any relationship dynamic. No matter what age you are listening to this podcast, it is for you. You are going to come away with helpful tips that every one of us should know. If you are a teen who has had suicidal ideation, or if you have a friend who has, do not try to carry the weight of mental health pain on your own. Talk to a trusted adult and call 988 immediately. Today, I'm going to share with you why we should talk about suicide with all of our kids, not just the ones we might be concerned about. I'm going to tell you today about different signs that you can watch out for to help prevent suicide, as well as very specific questions that you can ask and how to set up your circumstance to ask those questions so that you're going to have more success and more connection with the individuals that you're talking to and what you should do if the person you know is showing signs of suicide. Before I share these tips from a resource guide created by former PhD professor, Melissa Heath, I want to make sure that we're on the same page. Okay. I want you to imagine that someone you love is battling cancer. There's going to be times when they feel hopeful. There's going to be times when they feel hopeless. They don't know what's going on or what to do. There's going to be times when they feel very sure of a decision to make and times when they feel conflicted or confident or weak or, you know, all the, they're going to run through all kinds of different emotions and have highs and lows as they battle cancer, right? And we would never judge them as weak or wonder why the cancer didn't go away overnight, right? We understand that cancer is something that can take weeks, months, years, to battle. And there's still a lot of things we don't understand about cancer. A lot. So with this someone you're thinking of that is battling cancer, how do you support them? What thoughts do you think about the situation? What emotions fuel your actions in supporting this beloved person in your life? Okay, I want you to think about this. If that person passed away, would you ever say, Oh, he committed cancer. No, you never would. That just, it sounds weird. It sounds off, doesn't it? Going from my own personal experience of supporting a beloved older brother while he was battling stage four cancer for four years, I would say the thoughts that I had while he was going through this journey is just, oh, I love him so much. 
I thought about how I wanted to be there for him, how I wanted to cheer him up with gifts or my time when he was going through chemo, how I was willing to do whatever I could to support him and his family, how to show them love, whether it be with my time and talents or just giving them a shoulder to cry on, an ear to listen to, or helping raise money to support them. I never once thought, ugh, why, what did he do wrong to get cancer? I never blamed him or anyone else for getting cancer or thought he should just do this and then he'll be healed of cancer. Like, this, is, this is the thing that's going to work for him, right? I was just there for him in whatever way he needed me. No judgment, no criticism, no shame. The first definition of cancer is, quote, a disease caused by an uncontrolled division of abnormal cells in a part of the body. The second definition, a practice or phenomenon perceived to be destructive and hard to contain or eradicate. Just as cancer affects the physical, suicidal ideation affects the mental. And both are destructive and hard to eradicate. And I want you to think about the latter like you would a person battling cancer. Because a person who dies from their battle with mental illness is not weaker than someone who loses a battle to cancer. I want you to think about that. A person who dies from their battle with mental illness is not weaker than someone who loses a battle to cancer. From this day on, you will never use the phrase, he committed suicide again. Now that you understand that any kind of cancer is hard to eradicate and battle, whether it be of the body or the mind, you will say, she died by suicide, or he died from suicide. Just like you might refer to someone who lost their battle to cancer, like my brother did. Zero judgment, zero shame, no blame, no criticism. Talking about suicide can be a sensitive topic. I get that. And it can feel real heavy, heavier than talking about death in general. But I believe this heaviness is because of all the unnecessary judgment, shame, blame, and criticism we have piled upon the subject over hundreds of years. Making the conversation more commonplace helps take away the stigmas and is one of the reasons why we should all be talking with all of our children about suicide. You will have to decide when that conversation should happen with your kids. If you listened to last week's episode, and if you didn't, you absolutely should. So I will include it in the show notes because it was amazing. You know that my best friend, Amy, that her kids were familiar with what suicide was from a very early age because she lost her sister when they were all really young. I myself had a heart-to-heart talk with my son, Bear, when he was in first grade before going to the funeral of his classmate. In the case of his friend, his friend's mom had died by suicide and taken her son with her. So many people have this misconception that if they talk about suicide, it is going to increase the likelihood of their child thinking about it and making that choice. Talking about it, does not make it more likely to happen. I'm just going to say that one more time. 
Talking about suicide does not make it more likely to happen. In fact, having open conversations with your children will always send the message that you are a safe place where they can share whatever is on their mind and let you know if they actually are having suicidal thoughts and ideation. So the number one tip to help prevent suicide is to have conversations about suicide just in general or to talk about individuals you have lost from suicide without judgment, without criticism, fear, or shame, just like you might have conversations about someone who died battling cancer. Tip number two for how you can help prevent suicide is watch for warning signs. Watch for the following changes in your child's behavior and activities. I'm going to give you six here, but it's not exhaustive, but it's a good start, okay? If they are making comments such as, I wish I were dead, or I wish I hadn't even been born, or no one will miss me if I'm gone. Number two, withdrawing from activities or avoiding family and friends. Three, if they're acting differently, having changes in their eating or sleeping, maybe doing risky things that cause injury to themselves or others, or abusing drugs or alcohol. Number four, if they give away personal things and say goodbye to people as if they won't see them again. Number five, for no apparent reason, quickly changing from very happy to very sad. And number six, feeling hopeless after any of these situations, a loved one's death, a breakup with a girlfriend or a boyfriend, a disagreement with a best friend, problems at school, if they're being bullied, teen pregnancy, or big disappointments in life. Hey, if they are struggling with any of those things, it could be a sign. It could just be, hey, here's a little red flag. Let's have some conversations, right? We don't have to be scared if we see these warning signs. They're warning signs to give us a heads up. Oh, Let's find out some more about this. Let's talk about this, okay? So that's going to move us into tip number three for preventing suicide. And that is to ask indirect and direct questions about suicide with them. If you notice changes in your child's behavior and activities, ask them questions like, hey, you just haven't really seemed like yourself. What's going on? Or I've noticed you've been facing a lot of challenges and I'm worried about you. How are you feeling? Kind of just general, indirect, let's just take a a temperature check, right? But you also will want to ask direct questions. These questions can be difficult to ask sometimes. So it may help to practice saying these questions aloud before talking to them with your child. Things like, does it seem like things will never get better? Or are you thinking about suicide? Just ask them, hey, are you thinking about suicide? Are you suicidal now? If your child has thought about suicide, it is important to ask for more information. Have you thought about how you would hurt or kill yourself? Do you have access to blank, right? Access to something that they could harm themselves with. Where would you get blank? Right? Maybe you'd fill in that blank with whatever method they mentioned when they're talking to you, pills, a gun, etc. Have you thought about when you would kill yourself? 
Okay. Those are questions no person ever wants to ask someone else, but they are questions that could save a life. So don't be scared to have hard conversations. The more detailed the person's plan, the more serious the problem and the more urgent the need for professional help. So ask for help. Your school's mental health professionals can help you. Spiritual and other community leaders can also provide support. You are not alone. Like I said, call 988. That is a line dedicated for suicide prevention. Easy. 988. Okay. So I said, you know, sometimes it can be hard to have a conversation like this. So I want to give you um, the fourth tip is how to kind of set the situation up so you can ensure the best success in making a connection. And I say the best chance because being a parent of teens myself, I'm not just going to guarantee that they won't shut down, blow up or storm out, (laughs) right? That's just... That is how it happens sometimes. But if you are consistent and caring, I promise they will come around. Okay. So I am going to give you eight tips for how to set your circumstance up to have a successful connection with your child. The first thing you want to do is eliminate distractions, such as a TV, phone calls, or conversations with others. You're going to want to have this one-on-one with them. Okay. When they're not on their phones. It's time to put down the phone. I just want to chat with you for a second. Two, keep your voice and facial expressions calm. Even if everything inside you is screaming, take a deep breath. Keep your voice and facial expressions calm. Number three, ask questions and listen to your child. Get on your child's level so you can talk face to face. This isn't you standing over them, demanding answers. This is you asking questions and taking time to really listen to understand. Number four, don't control the conversation. Let your child talk. Don't interrupt, yell, threaten, or criticize. We can do this. Number five, if you or your child become angry, take a break. Calm down and try again. Number six, focus on offering support. Do not become angry because of your child's anger and despair. Do not become scared because they're scared, right? You are the adult. You are the one in control of your thoughts. So you are the one who can breathe in deeply and stay calm, right? And not react. Observe, don't absorb. Observe. Don't absorb. You can just say that little mantra in your head as you're talking to your teen or to your child or to whoever it is that is going through. Remember, they are the one hurting. They're the one battling a cancer, right? How can you show up for them? Number seven is focus on the present and the future, not the past. Interesting, huh? Focus in on the present and on the future, not the past. Number eight, if your child does not want to talk with you, reassure them that you care. Suggest your child that they speak with someone else, another caring adult, such as a counselor, spiritual leader, or other professional. Sometimes 
they just don't want to open up to us and we are going to not take it personal. We're going to be like, okay, that's fine. I'm not the person you need. Who else can you talk to? Because I care so much about you. I'm not going to let this go until we get you connected with someone that you can open up with. Okay. We don't have to take it personal. It's not about us. It's about them, right? Okay. So the fifth way you can help prevent suicide is to take action, right? What do you do when the person you're talking to does show warning signs of suicide, maybe by what they say or what they're doing? Number one, don't leave them alone. Number two, explain, I care about you and I will get someone who will understand you and help you. Do not make promises to keep their suicidal thoughts or behavior a secret. Don't ever be like, oh, we're not going to tell anyone about this. It's just between us. No. Okay. Because again, we're having an open conversation. There's no need to keep these things uh, secret because there's no shame behind how you feel. Right? So that goes back to when you're having these open conversations without judgment or shame, they're not going to feel the need to hide. They're not going to feel the need to hide because you're like, oh yeah, we can do this. All right. Do not criticize your child for feeling suicidal. Reassure them that you will do everything possible to keep them safe. Get help either by calling 988 or by taking your child to the nearest hospital emergency room. Remove dangerous objects and items, particularly guns and medications. Lock them in a safe. Get them out of reach. Okay? And reassure them, you are not alone. You matter. Tell them all the reasons why they matter. Tell them all the reasons why. Okay? I will get the help you need. Like, Just keep helping them focus on the fact that you're going to help the pain that they're feeling. Okay. When we are in pain, all we want is for it to stop. You guys, that's all we want. I remember, and I will never forget, and I'm going to share this with you because it left such a vivid uh, image with me that I will never forget. I, I listened to a talk about suicide prevention one time, and they, they talked about how it's September 11th, you know, September 11, when um, the two towers went down, how there was buildings on fire. And people literally were running from the fire and they chose to jump out a window so that they weren't consumed by the fire. And I know, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be morbid here. But it was like they, they had two options, you know, and they ran from the fire and they jumped out the window to avoid the fire, to avoid the pain of, of fire. And I truly believe that when people are considering suicide, they feel like they don't have options. They feel like, oh, I'm either going to be consumed by the fire. So I can either jump out this window or be consumed by the fire. Like those are my only two options. Okay. Does that make sense, you guys? So help them understand that there are so many different options that it isn't just to try and avoid the pain of the fire, right? Help them understand, like Amy said in the last episode, that spring is coming. Reassure them. Keep that dialogue open, all right? Oh, you guys, this past week, I hosted my annual Not Alone event. 
Thank you so much to all of you who contributed financially from afar and who came in person to support here in Indiana. It was the most gorgeous day, you guys, until literally two hours before the event. (laughs) Oh man, I had over 40 people run through rain to join me in the outdoor pavilion where I had set up. Luckily, the rain stopped by the time we were ready to launch all the lanterns on the lake and we were able to do all the things that we wanted for the event. It was an incredible evening. And even though the rain dampened the event turnout numbers, it brought an incredible analogy about mental health to my mind that I shared with them that night. And I'm going to close today and share with you. Author Matt Haig once said, mental health problems don't define who you are. They are something you experience. You walk in the rain and you feel the rain, but you are not the rain. Okay, let us have more compassion for ourselves and for others as we experience different emotions and as we struggle to navigate intense mental thoughts. You may feel strong emotions, just like you can feel the rain touching your skin. Maybe a torrential downpour that you feel like you're running through. You may even see how your thoughts and emotions lead you to certain actions, just like you can see the rain creating puddles and floods. But you are not the rain. You are not those emotions. And they do not define you. You are the one who observes the rain coming down and the effects of the rain. You are the observer of your emotions. You are not your emotions. They do not define you. You are more than the anxiety you feel or the depression. You are more than a bipolar disorder or schizophrenia or any of the other cancers that affect the mind. My heart goes out to any of you who have lost someone to a mental health battle despite all your best efforts. Know that anytime you face something in life you cannot control, it is giving you an opportunity to let go. And I pray that you can let go of any emotion that is keeping you stuck in your journey. I pray that you get the help that you need and the support and the love. I pray that you can turn pain into purpose and know whoever you are listening to this, you matter and you are not alone. Research has shown that doing yoga even just once a week helps balance cortisol levels, raises serotonin levels, and helps calm the nervous system. It also builds not only physical strength, but emotional fortitude and self-confidence, all of which are crucial components of maintaining a flourishing mental health. Yisha Warriors offers an eight-week series entitled Freedom from Depression and Anxiety with over 40 yoga videos for all levels of ability, breathing exercises, sleep helps, motivational talks, and weekly journal prompts that promote introspection. It is perfect for the whole family. You become the person who stays grounded, clear-minded, and calm, and you become the most powerful person in the room. Buy the program today and enter in code HAPPY20 to receive $20 off. 
That code again is HAPPY, all capital letters, 20. Why wait another day to get more peace in your life?